Let's bow our heads, shall we? Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to visit with you and to wait on you. We ask that even now you speak to our hearts, words of life. You help us to capture your word that is life and light. In your name we come and we ask for your grace, your mercy, your power to enable us to receive more of you, O God. We thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. How are you doing today? You good? All right. Come to part three. We come to part three of our series, Living a Joyful Life. Joyful living, joyful living. Uh, and today I want to close the message with the secret of a joy-filled life. There is a, a way to live this life. Uh, and God ex ex exposes that in his world. We don't find that in the world. For 50 years, Hollywood has been telling us a myth that if we just find the right person or we just land the right job, we will live happily ever after, right? It's like the movies that you see. There's always a, a joyful ending to that. But how many of you have uh, heard that that's not true? That's not the way life goes. Uh, many of you have discovered it by now. Uh, that life is uh, a mountaintop experience and a valley low uh, experience. Things just always doesn't turn out right all the time. Uh, the fact is that even in the best of relationships, there are ups and downs. That every life, either be your family, your work relationships, your marriage relationships, uh, has difficult times. That's the way it is in life. Uh, and the simple reason is this, that life is made up of people, you and I, and people, myself, we're not perfect. And so life is not going to be perfect. If you remove people out of the situation, life, I guess, will be perfect, but that's not going to happen. Amen. Uh, so it's, it's, it's filled with ups and downs. And, and let's get this right, right, right off the bat, that nobody can make you happy all the time. Tell somebody close to you. Nobody can make you happy all the time. Nothing in this world can make you happy all the time. If you put your, your, your hope in material things or a person or a dream or a goal or aspiration, it may come and go and you realize that true happiness, true satisfaction, fulfillment, and joy in life has nothing to do with things on the outside. I've heard people say that I just want to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but there's something more than happiness that you need in your life, not just being happy. Here's something that I read. It was written by a third century man who was anticipating death. And he penned these last words to a friend. He said, it's a bad world and things are incredibly bad in this world. But here's what I have discovered. I've discovered a quiet and holy people who have learned the secret of life. They have found joy in what is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. Even though they are despised and persecuted, they care not. They are the master of their souls and they have overcome the world. These people are Christians and I am one of it. There's a secret to joy in life in spite of difficulties, hardships, challenges, the ebb and flow of events, the uncertainties of life. There's a secret to having a joyful life 
ongoing. Joy is the catalyst of life. We've been talking about that in the last three weeks. Everything blossoms with joy. Without joy, life is hard. Without joy, life is difficult. Without joy, life is meaningless. But joy is the catalyst. Joy is the propeller. Joy is the fire that lightens things up. Your emotions, your marriage, your parenting, your health, your work life is enhanced with the attitude of joy. Do you believe that? Joy is the spark in your life. Listen, you can take two people who have the same situation, the same health, the same age, the same job, the same finances, the same family, everything about that. And the difference between the two of them is one who lives with the attitude of joy and one who is not. Joy is the difference maker. Joy is the big changer in life. And the Bible says that as Christians, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are the light of our world. We are the salt of this earth. He says we should let our light shine so others will see our good work. The secret to this transformational life, God says I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. It's not more money than the of than unbelievers. It's not fast driving cars than others. It's not a better health than others. The thing that really brings it alive, one of them is joy. God gives us joy. That is the life changer in our situation. If you believe that, say amen to that. The secret to transformational life is cheerfulness, is joy. It's joy. And you find that everywhere that there is joy present, the mood changes. The atmosphere changes. Right? I mean, even if you're having a bad day, you can smile yourself into having a good attitude. Do you believe that? You may be sick, you may be broke, you may just come through a difficult time, you may just have had bad news, but joy has the capacity of just changing your environment. Doctors tell us this, that there's actually a biochemical change that when you start smiling, when you begin to exude cheerfulness and joy in your life, hormones are produced. That, that seems to depress stress, eat away sadness, and produce a joy even when you are going through a difficult time. So we ask the question, how can you be a joyful person when life is tired and worn out and there are all kinds of difficulties in life? That's what I want to share with you today. I want to do two things today. First is, I, 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 I want to share with you what this secret of joy is. What is secret source that produces joy that is a game changer in life. And then I want to close with how you can apply that in your life. Amen? Look at this amazing portion of scripture. Nehemiah was one of the um, change masters in his day. He came in and the, the city of Jerusalem was on fire. Everything was bad. There was uh, all kinds of persecution going on. And he came in and, and, and turned the lights on, built the walls, brought joy back into the city. And here's what he tells us. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Read that with me. He says what? This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be what? Dejected and sad for what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Nehemiah walks into town and everybody is sad, everybody is afraid, everybody is just running away. Things are bad. I mean, the young man and the strong man have been taken away into slavery in Babylon. That's where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were out there as prisoners of war. Everything is, the lands had been taken. The Romans had moved in town and they are basically lording all the people. And he comes and says, look, I've come here. But here's how we start. Here's how change begins. Amen. Don't be dejected. Don't be sad. Don't look back at all the horrible things that have happened to you. This is a new day. It's a sacred day. Here's how we begin. The joy of the Lord will be what? Your strength. Nehemiah was cheerful in spite of all the opposition that he had. Now, let's, let's really define joy a little bit. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness depends on happenings. It comes from the word hap. If something happens, that's what happiness is. It means luck. It means happenstance. That if you are lucky, if you are fortunate, if hap happens, if something out of the blue happens in your life, then you will be happy. So happiness is external focused joy is what internal happiness is based on circumstances and so when your circumstances change for the worse therefore you cannot be happy so happiness really is something that you can bank on to give you this joy perpetual joy always joy that is the great catalyst to life but joy is based on Christ I can do all things through the Lord who is my strength. Happiness is based on chance, it's circumstantial, but what joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Look at what David said, who was also going through a difficult time. Here's what he said. Here's David speaking. He says what? This is what? The day the Lord has made, we will what? And be glad in it. Circle the word, we will. It's a choice. It's not that, well, things are better, so we will rejoice. Everyone say nice things about us, so we will rejoice. He says, we're going to make a choice to rejoice. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. It's not because we can pay our bills, because we are saved, because we are protected, because we look nice, because we are surrounded by friends and family and loved ones. No. He says what? The, 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 today is the day that God has made. We are alive. We can breathe. We've checked our pulse. We are not six feet under. We are six feet above ground. Therefore what? We choose joy. Joy is a choice. Amen. Happiness is circumstantial, but joy is a choice that we make. Look at what the Apostle Paul tells us. Here's what the Apostle Paul tells us. He says what? Always be what? You say, how can that happen? Can you always be joyful? Yes. When you choose it, you can choose to be sad, choose to be afraid, choose to be mad, choose to be anxious, right? You can choose to prospect. You can make a choice to say, well, I'm not going to help you until I buy a car. I'm not going to happy until I get married. I'm not going to happy until I go to that party. It's a choice that you've made. But you can choose to be joyful. The jo today, the, this is the day the Lord has made. We will be joyful. The joy of the Lord. God produces joy in our life. It is up to us to pipe it, to activate it. It's up to us to what? Utilize that, to make it happen. It has to flow in that place of joy that God has created for us.
always be joyful never stop praying be thankful in all situations for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus what's God's will for you be joyful look to God in other words pray count on God depend on God be thankful for what God has done for you in the past be thankful for what he's doing for you right now even be thankful for what you know he's doing that hasn't come to pass yet Live a life of gratitude because it could be worse. Tell somebody close to you, live a life of gratitude because what? It could be worse. And when you do that, you are living in the atmosphere of joy. Listen, you could get your, all your bills paid and still yet not joyful. Do you believe that? You could be debt free. You could have no sickness in your body. You could be the most healthiest person that ever lived. And you're still yet not joyful. But joy comes from the Lord when we activate it, when we choose it. Amen. When we, when we say, this is the way I want to live my life. It says this is God's will for you. God's will. And so every time you are mad, you are afraid, you are anxious, every time you tell yourself, well, I have a right to be sad. God said, no, you don't have that right. That's not what God has chosen for you. God's will for you is to be joyful. Is to leave all your problems in the hands of God. Is to thank God for everything he's done for you in the past because you haven't earned it nor deserve it. Is to thank God that you are alive today because you didn't wake up by your own power. It is the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God that has gotten you up. And he will begin a good work. You are alive today because God is not finished with you. And so what? Live a life of gratitude. Well, let me give you a definition of joy. He has the big idea with joy. He has the big idea with joy based on what we've talked about. It is this. The big idea. The wisdom key of joy. Read with me. Joy is what? Internal based on Christ and my choice. Joy is internal. It flows from Christ and something that I choose. You can choose to be joyful or sad. Right? You can choose to look, count on all, look back at all your problems, all the bad things that are happening to you, or you can look forward with cheerfulness, with great expectation that God isn't finished with me. The best is yet to come in my life. I'll not die but live to declare the glory of God. Whatever is going on right now, this too shall pass away. It's a choice that you have to make. Joy is internal, based on Christ, comes from Christ. And it's a choice that I have to make. How can you always be joyful? How can you always be joyful? The Bible says we should always be joyful. We should always be thankful for this is God's will for us. Let me give you three quick reasons why you can be joyful. Let me show you the secret of joy. The secret of joy. Three quick things. Three quick things. It's based on God's presence, God's plan, and God's power. Presence, plan, and power. Three P's. You can always, always you say, How you say, Pastor Mike? Yeah, yeah, this is not true. Well, it's not true if you are not basing your life on these three pillars God's power, presence, God's plan, and God's power. The first is this write this down. First is this Amen. That I can always be joyful because God is what? <laughs> Hello? Now, how many of you really find a sense of happiness or fulfillment when you are with somebody that you like? 
somebody who loves you somebody who has a stand for you somebody who believes in you somebody who cares about you somebody who provides and protects you how many of you feel good about that remember as a kid when you were around your loved ones your parents people who you know could really step in and help you out you had a sense of satisfaction in life you see they a psychologist took two children Two groups of children, one who is just loved by, God, by their parents, one who there is a presence of community around them, and a group of children who just basically are left by themselves. And the ones that are left by themselves, they had all kinds of psychological problems. Anxiety, fear, low self-esteem, anguish, I mean, all kinds of health problems, psychological, emotional problems. And then they took another group of people who are loved, people who are cared for, People who are nurtured and provided for, and they found that boy, they have stamina, they have hope, they have vitality. Do you believe that? They have strength in life, they have a high sense of self esteem in your life. You can be joyful not based on your job, your income, your family background, what has happened in the past or not. You can always be joyful in life because you know that what Almighty God is what with you. If you believe that, say amen with that. That you're not alone. There's a force behind you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Folks, we are who we are connected to. We are strong as who we are connected to. You're not your car. You're not your job. You're not your home. You're not the bed you laid on last night. You're not the food you ate or you're going to eat after this service. You are, you are, amen, a child of most high God. And when you realize that every single day of your life that I'm not alone, God is with me, it produces joy in your life, hope lifts up in your life, Peace escalates in your life. Fear and anxiety and a feeling of helplessness and hope walks right out of the door. You can always be joyful when you know that God is with you. The presence of God is with you. Amen. Look at this amazing portion of scripture and let's memorize that. Let's look at this. Here's what God is speaking. Isaiah 43 verse 2. It says what? When you pass through deep waters, what is going to happen to you? You're going to be alone by yourself? You say, I'm going to die and nobody's going to know about me. If you thought about that, you're going to be very afraid. But if you know this, that even when the worst things happen, here is God using metaphors, similes, pictures to be able to describe worst things that should cause you to live a life of fear, anguish, and helplessness. And he says, I'm, I'll be right there with you. When you pass through deep waters, I'll be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. Tell somebody close to you. He says, because God is with you, your troubles will not overwhelm you. Tell somebody, because God is with you, your troubles will never overwhelm you. You say, if I lose my job, something will happen. If I get bad news that so-and-so is no longer here, has passed on, and has gone home to be with the Lord, I, my life will be broken. God says, it will never happen. Why? Because I will be with you. Nothing will overwhelm you. Nothing will happen to you that will break you. Glory to Almighty God. I will be with you. Let's keep reading. When you pass through fire... You will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. For I am the Lord your God and I will be with you. I am the Lord, not your problems. Who is the Lord? God. Who is in charge? 
not your de- not the demon not your problems not your boss on the job if you go to work challenges health challenges marriage problems boyfriend problems girlfriend problems men problems woman problem whatever it is they are not in charge who is in charge the Lord he says I am the Lord and I am with you glory to Almighty God because of that you all all be always joyful Bible says in, in the presence of God there is joy forevermore here's the second reason why you ought to be always here's another second pillar of joy the secret of joy second is this I can always be joyful because what God has a plan for my life I don't always know what I'm doing do you <laughs> good for you if you always know what you're doing I don't know what's ahead of me. I don't know what the future holds in life. Nobody. We can only see what's behind. But we don't know what's ahead of us. But who knows what's ahead? God knows what's ahead. The same yesterday, the dead. For the Bible says he is eternal. He is the all-seeing God. The omniscient God who sees it all. God sees life in three dimensions. We only see yesterday and and right now. But the one who knows what the future holds has a good plan for you. And so therefore, you have no reason to be worried. Don't be worried. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't have palpitation of the heart. Because God's got a plan for you. Amen. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. Psalm 50 verse 14, God is saying this. He says what? I want you to do what? Trust me in your time of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. He says, let me tell you what's going to happen when you go through problems. God is saying, here is the outcome of every problem that you go through. I want to rescue you so you can give me glory. So instead of worrying, why don't you just trust me and look to me? Just say, God's got it. Tell somebody, God's got it. Who's got it? God's got it. How are you going to solve this problem? God's got it. Tell somebody, how are you going to solve this problem? How are you going to manage this situation? How are you going to get through what you have? When the unknowns happen, how are you going to handle that? When something that you you don't have the money to be able to handle, how's it going to happen? If you lose your job, how's it going to happen? If something happens, bad news, you can fill in the God. God, God says, he says, he says, listen, he says, in your time of trouble, in your times of trouble, oh God, what are you going to trouble now or hasn't happened? Like this in your heart that forever, 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 I have a plan for you, a plan for you, even in your desperate time. So therefore, even when you are sitting on your deathbed, when the doctor tells you you only have three hours to live, you should rejoice because I have a plan even in your disaster, even in your disease, even in your death, even in your pain, even in your worry, even in your worst fear. God forbid you just got into an accident. The, the airbags have gone off. You check your pulse and you are still alive. What should you be doing? Maybe cry a little bit and realize that God is going to see me through. Amen. God's got a plan even in my difficulty. Amen. He's not only a God of good times, he's a God of bad times. 
He doesn't run away from us when bad times happen. Even when we have failed. Even when we've made that shameful mistake. God is saying this. In your times of trouble. Whatever trouble there is. Whether you brought it on yourself or somebody brought it on to you. It just doesn't matter what kind of trouble you are in. God cares about you more than the problem. He says what? I will rescue you. I'm not concerned about the problem. I'm concerned about you. That's my plan for you. Lock it in your heart. When you do that, you can have perpetual joy. He says, you're going, you, he says, you're going to glorify me. You're going to say, look at what the Lord has done. You're going to be testifying. This is going to be another hallmark. This is going to be another milestone in your life. Amen, 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 amen. Because of God's presence, God is always with me. I can always be joyful. Because of God's plan for my life, even in times of trouble, God will see me through. The third is this, you can always be joyful in life. Always be joyful in life because of God's power. I can rejoice because God will what? Help me. What I can do, he can do. He's the fixer-upper. He's the problem-solver. He's the way-maker. Does anybody know this God? Jesus said, I will send you another helper. David said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. When you are weak, God's power can take care of. Oh, my Lord. We can always be joyful because of God's power to help us. He's not, he's not only with us. He doesn't only have a plan for us. He's here to help us. Amen. Look at Psalm 43, verse 5. Read with me, please. He says what? Why be so what? Gloomy and discouraged. <laughs> I love it when the Bible speaks. Now, this is somebody who has every reason to be gloomy. You don't just decide I'm going to be sad today. Mm. Behind those words is pain. It's trouble, it's hurt, it's difficulty, it's challenges, it's unbearable situations. says, why? You ask yourself, speak to why are you gloomy and discouraged? And God says, well, trust in God. David said, then I shall praise him for his what? And he'll make me what? Your God provides wondrous health. And so therefore, before, during, in a terrible situation, I can still rejoice. On my deathbed, I can still rejoice. When my health is fair, I can still rejoice. When problems are, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it's going to go away. I can still rejoice because of God's word. Wondrous help. The word wonders means what? Full of wonders. It means God's going to surprise me. <laughs> it hasn't happened before. Now, oftentimes, when we can explain something, we feel good. Oftentimes, when we know how things are going to turn out, we feel good. He says, you wouldn't know how it's going to turn out, but guess what? It's called, not just help, it's called what? Wondrous help. Lock it in your heart. One. Has anybody experienced God's wondrous help? Me, 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 me. He's done it before, he'll do it again. He's in the business of bringing wondrous help to people. You can always be joyful. The secret of joy when that man said that life is bad, life is terrible, difficult things have happened, but on my deathbed, I have seen a group of people who have weathered the storm. I've seen a group of people who have come through difficult times. They have the secret of life. What is the secret of life? It is based on God's presence. God's always with me. It is understanding and receiving that God has a plan for my life in any and every situation, and God's power will never leave me. 
So let me give you three quick applications and then we'll pray. So based on what God has told us, how do I apply that to my life? Let me give you two quick ones. How do I apply that to my life? The first is this. The first is this. Everything that God gives you, God wants you to use it or else you're going to lose it. Right? God wants you to act it. God wants you to apply that in your life. So how do I apply this joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. This understand that God is with me. He has a plan for my life. He will always help me. How do I respond to that? First is I've got to focus on giving rather than receiving. You see, whatever you focus on amplifies. The issue is about perspective. Perspective. It's about where your focus is on. The way you look at the problem, the way you look at your marriage, your finances, your job, your friendships, the way you look at anything in your life can either make you miserable or joyful. And God says, have, have this perspective in life. Have this view to life. That's how joy that God has given to you as a child of God, the Holy Spirit produces joy in your life, can be activated in any every situation. Focus on giving rather than receiving. This is called love. Say that with me. Love. You can be sad when you're in a place of giving. Right? When you are giving of yourself, when you are expanding yourself, it enlarges your course. It makes you bigger than yourself. Love is focusing on giving rather than receiving. The Bible says God is love and God is a giver and every good gift comes down from God. For God so loved the world that he gave. And when we're in a place of giving, guess what? It's a catalyst. It just revives joy in our life. Giving, sowing, investing, helping. When we are in that space, serving, it activates joy in our lives. It moves us from looking, amen, not looking at our problems to looking at what we can do for others look at what the bible says in acts 20 35 it says what there's more what happiness in giving than in receiving now this is something we've got to learn because society doesn't teach us to do this society trains us to be the opposites of that society says look for number one Society says, put yourself above everyone else. How many of you know that that's a great way to be miserable? God comes and teaches us, and we know that we'd experience that self-centeredness is misery. Do you know somebody who's always focused on themselves and never happy? They want it all for themselves, right? They want a nice car, want a nice clothes, everything somebody else has, they want to have it. Oh, my sister, where did you buy that? Oh, I'm going to wear that too. Can I get this? They're always focusing on themselves. Always focusing on themselves. Always wanting to receive and yet never happy. Self-centeredness is a recipe for being miserable. Other-centeredness, amen, is a recipe for being joyful. Let me give you three kinds of love that we have. The reason why there are so many poor relationships today. 
It's not that people are bad, it's not that your customers are bad, or your church members are bad, or your pastor is bad, or the economy is bad, or people are bad. It's this, it's this. It's a misunderstanding, misapplication of what really, really love is. There are three kinds of love. The first two don't work. The first is, I love you if. If everybody was nice to me, then I can also be nice to them. But people are so mean, therefore I'm also trying, going to be mean. Well, that doesn't work, does it? The second love is rational love. I love you because you help me, so I'll, I'll help you. It doesn't work. The third is I love you, period. That's what produces joy. You, you, good. It's a selfless love. You are doing things without expecting anything in return. That's what produces joy in our life. You focus on giving rather than receiving. That produces joy. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. You're going to love this. 2 Peter 1.7. Let's chew on that for a minute. 2 Peter 1.7. He says what? Learn. Circle the word learn. We're going to come to that in a minute. He says what? Learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become what? Patient and godly. This will make possible the next step which is for you to do what? Enjoy other people and to like them. And finally, you will grow to love them deeply. This is a wisdom scripture. You say, Pastor Mike, I don't like my co-workers. I don't like my spouse. Things are bad at home. It's terrible. My kids are this. He says, stop. What has happened is you haven't learned the secret of being joyful with people. People are not perfect. We are all broken vessels. You can't change people. So here's what you've got to do. Here's what you've got to do. First, learn to put aside your own desire. The reason you are complaining is because you make about you. They don't give me this. They don't make me happy. They don't make me satisfied. They don't make me comfortable. He says that's why nobody can do that for you all the time. So you've got to learn this. Hello? I mean, is, is, <laughs> is the Bible speaking to our hearts today? Learn to put aside your own desires when you do that you will become patient with people right because listen, if I don't expect anything from you then I can get along with you but if I expected you to show up at my birthday party all the time and you never show if I expected you to call me every day you never called me then what I'm going to be what impatient with you right I mean is, is God making it clear to us you can be patient with people when you can put aside your own desires. And God said, that's godliness. Next, it says that this will make it possible for the next step. The next step is that you will begin to enjoy other people. So, um, so that when you see them, it's not about what they haven't done for you. You can enjoy somebody. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good to see you. Without any expectation. You see how we can enjoy people? You see, I can never stand this person. You know why? Because you're expecting something from them. But if when you don't, when you put yourself on the side, you can what? Enjoy other people and like them. And finally, you will what? Because if I don't expect anything from you, I can see you for who you are. I can see you even in your own problems and mistakes. I will see the good in you. 
They say even a broken clock is right two times in a day. There's a reason why people are, 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 are marrying mass murderers in prison. What, what society throws away, somebody likes. Because when you begin to put yourself outside, this is not about me. You begin to be patient with people, and that's what God is. God doesn't look at us at our past, at our mistakes. Therefore, he can love us as being godly, being godlike. Amen. And so here's what you can do. You say, this child, I will never talk to them until I die because of what they said to me. They, they curse me. My child said something. They called me a bad word. I will never forgive them. Why? Because you are thinking about you. And so therefore you cannot. It's impossible for you to enjoy them. <laughs> and to like them to a place where you, are, you can grow to love them deeply. So how do we activate this always joyful when we know that it's a broken world? We know that somebody, has job, um, somebody on the job is not going to like you. Even the people you are helping, you say, Pastor Mike, I work in healthcare, I'm always helping people, but these people are mean. Sometimes the people you help are those who come back and bite you. So how can you be joyful? You give rather than you receive. Let me give you a second one with prayer. The second is this. If God is always with me and has a plan for my life and God has wondrous help to help me, then what should I do? Rather than focusing on my problems, I've got to focus on what? Because whatever you focus on grows. Right? If you have little power in your life, it's because your problems are bigger. Pretty clear? When your problems are small and God is bigger, you have more power in your life. You say, this person is so weak. Why are they weak? They are weak because they are allowing their problems to overwhelm them. They are focusing on all the mistakes, all the problems, all the hurt, all the pain in their life. And so therefore, they are powerless. Right? It's like problems have become a big giant that is crushing them. You focus on problems, you'll be weaker. But when you focus on that power, you'll be what? Stronger and that produces what? Joy in your life. Paul said, I can do all things. How? Through Christ. That's what this is a man in prison in the book of Philippians. Dark cold dungeon. You focus on God's power, you are stronger and joyful. You focus on your problems, you are miserable. And so to apply this, is, let's take this home with us. God's presence is with us. He'll be with us at all times. God has a plan for us. This is not the end of our life. The third is this, that God's wondrous help, God's power, power is ready. Today, while you are sitting here, listening to the word of God, activating your faith at what God is saying, what is God doing? He's working on your behalf. Says the thing that I'm doing, you don't know, but someday you will. Amen. So don't worry about the bill you cannot pay. Don't worry about people who are not on your side. Don't be concerned about situations that you can't handle. Focus on not your problems, but on what? God's power. And what happens when you focus on your problems? What happens? Do little problems go away? When you focus on your problems, little problems become what? I'm going to die. I'm going to be ashamed. The whole world is talking about you. The whole world don't know you. How are they talking about you? <laughs> everybody is saying mean things about you. Everybody, everybody knows you. You know everybody. No. Right? So little problems become bigger when you are focusing on that. 
But when you focus on God, God gets bigger and what happens to your problem? We close on this note. There was a little kid who his father bought him a, t- a telescope, right? So daddy says, here's what you do. You look through the little side and everything gets bigger on the big side. Mm-hmm. Everything gets bigger. You can see far away. And, hey, the trees get bigger, the dogs get bigger, the houses get bigger. You can, you can look out, you can see the moon, the stars, the clouds and everything. Say, son, this is a birthday present for you. So one day, the parent looked out there and the child turned the telescope, looking through the big side. He says, son, that's not the way it works. That's not what I taught you. He says, no, 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 dad. That little kid who has been bullying me is out there on the field and I want to see him smaller than he is. The guy who has been hitting me and taking my bike and calling me names and threatening me, he's out there on the field and I'm looking through the big side. I'm seeing him through the lens of Almighty God and he's like a little cockroach. He's like a little ant. He's no bigger than he is. And I am so joyful that he's not a big bully anymore. He says, oh God, let me tell you. That's what God says. Look at your problems through God and God will get bigger and your problems will get smaller. Amen. Because he has the power. And God's power can handle any situation that we go through. So my brother, my sister, so many things in life can cause you to be afraid, to be worried, to steal your joy. Your God and my God speaks to us and gives us a message. So simple. He tells us this. Focus on God's power and your problems. Look at us. Trust in God at all times. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is your what? You know what a refuge camp is? That's where when the homeless and the hurting and people who are being bullied, terrorists who are taking over the lands of people, they create a refugee camp where now they have help. Safe zone. He says, God is your protector. God is right there. Depend on his power. When you come to God, you are safe in the arms of Jesus. Whatever your problems are, the enemy has to deal with who? Your God. The battle is no longer your battle. The battle is who? It's like when a child runs into the arms of a parent, now you got to deal with who? Not the child anymore. You got to deal with who? (laughs) A few times in my life, I had to take my kid over to knock on the door of a parent. And when that little boy, little girl who was messing around with my kid saw me at the door, they just ran right into their room. <laughs> and you hear their parent calling them, come out, come out, come out. They don't want to come out because they know that now they're not dealing with my child, they're dealing with who? <coughs> says, God is your refuge. And so run to him in your trouble and your problems are being contained and controlled by God who says the battle belongs to me. And so look to me. Let me close on this note. Here's a portion of scripture that I want you to lock in your heart. The very thing that will steal your joy is anything that will cause you to be fearful. And you put your fear beside God and you tell your heart this, when I'm afraid, I will what? I will trust in you. You have something that will inoculate and vaccinate fear from your heart. 
fear from your life. It is trusting in God. You cannot trust in God and be afraid at all times. When you are afraid, it means you are trusting in yourself. When you are afraid, it means you are believing in your problems. But when you begin to believe in God, your, the, the fear in your heart runs out. Do you, do you, do you, I hear what I'm telling you. And so you, you've got to apply that in your life. What is it that will cause you that when good times are coming, praise God, live in gratitude, but whenever you get a knot in your stomach, you get a bad dream at night, whenever things are not going well, there is news that is causing your heart to, to palpitate a little bit. When I am afraid, what is the action call? What is the call out that I should invoke in my life? I trust in God. Oh, my brother, my sister, have you lost your joy? Are you perhaps in a relationship that is causing you to be discouraged? The Lord is waiting to help you. And the first thing he gives you is his joy. Your problems may not immediately go away, but you're going to realize that your problems don't have you anymore. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength don't be dejected don't be sad don't be worried don't be afraid don't be nervous don't give in to a feeling of hopelessness or helplessness this is the day the Lord has made Holy Spirit has joy in your heart activated knowing that God's presence is with you God has a plan to get you out of your situation and his powerful wondrous help is at your disposal Trust in God and you will have joy even in the midst of tumultuous times. Let us pray. God, today we are confronted with life situations that sometimes are good and other times are bad. But thank you for your word that teaches us that we can always be full of joy in the Lord. And so today, we pray that you flood every heart with joy. You remove worry, you remove fear, you remove anxiety, any feeling of hopelessness or helplessness, and you replace that with the confidence of your word. When we pass through deep waters, you say that our troubles will not overwhelm us. The hard trials that come our way will not hurt us because you are with us. Let your presence fill every heart today. And God, you have a plan for us. And so right now, I pray that your plan for us, oh God, will be unfolded in every area of our lives, financially, emotionally, relationally, physically, spiritually, vocationally, that God, you will enroll us into that good, perfect will of God. And right here in this place, how we need your wondrous help. For us individually, for our families, our loved ones, and a church as a whole, activate your power, healing power, breakthrough power, demon-destroying power to go to work in our lives. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the power of joy spoken about our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.